I'm super excited um, to be sharing with you today. We're joining this brand new series we just finished. Come on, the best series ever, Distracted 2.0, this last Sunday with Pastor Jeremy. And uh, 2.0 because it is literally second iteration of the Distracted series that we've done. Um, and luckily, we are thankful for modern technology here. We have um, our live stream, but also our YouTube vibe. You can actually go back and check out the series. I would encourage you to do so if you weren't here every single week for it. But I have to tell you, this, this new series that we're going into, Bible Stories, is going to be a uh, just a wonderful mix of just uh, uh, taking a look at different books of the Bible and specifically different people of the Bible. Um, so I'm grateful to be sharing today out of Matthew uh, 25 verses 14 and 30. And uh, this is going to be the parable of the talents, also the parable of the three servants. And um, man, I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. I love that if you're in the OT that you can take a look and you can see Jesus in the Old Testament, I love in the New Testament, it just, just weaves it all in together, and I'm grateful um, that you can just see hints of, of just our wonderful Savior, Jesus Christ, in the Old Testament. And so we're gonna be contrasting, um, we're kicking it back to Genesis uh, here today as well too, we're gonna be contrasting the life of Joseph um, with what Jesus has to say in Matthew 25 here. So if you guys are paperback, you're awesome, you can take your fingers, you can kind of go in between back and forth. We're just gonna be um, looking over uh, 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 Genesis 50, uh, 37 through 50 today, uh, but paraphrasing and then going into Matthew 25. So let's go ahead and go to the next slide. Jesus says, again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his, his money to them. While he was gone, he gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it, into, in, it in proportion to their, abilities, to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earn five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned uh, from his trip and he called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful. You say that with me today? Faithful faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now we'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Let's continue on. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Let's celebrate together. Closing out here, then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid you would lose to lose, I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I had harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to, to the one uh, with 10 bags of silver. 
to those who use well what they're given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance, an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken, taken away, taken away. Today, I want to uh, share on the topic of to be found faithful, to be found faithful. Um, I believe this word has been impressed in my heart as I began to studying. I believe that God just took it and he ran with it. The Holy Spirit impressed on me today that this would be, we were going to be sharing. And I'm so excited. I'm going to break us down into the next slide of what the word faithful is. Amet. Amet is the original Hebrew of faithful. It can mean truth and it can refer to the correct ideas or concepts. This is because amet has to do with stability and reliability. When amet is used in reference to the people, it describes reliable and stable character or trustworthiness. Trustworthiness. I love, um, we have a wonderful collection of the songs that our amazing worship team goes through, but I love um, the focus that we have on faithfulness. Faithfulness. We share that, um, just not in, our, us, in ourselves responding um, in faithfulness, but we, we, we're reminded that God is faithful. And because he is faithful, we will respond in faithfulness. And I love the songs you're singing. And I hear men encourage you as we sing the songs sometimes, uh, you know, we're singing it, we're praising everything. And uh, this is not necessarily a reminder to God of who he is, but sometimes we have to sing and praise and shout and pray and repeat the same verses and choruses over and over and over again, because sometimes, come on, we're human and we need it. And we need it when we feel like there's just a darkness and a void in front of us sometimes that we can sing these words and we can shout down heaven and we can remind it that the angels in heaven are shouting just along with us, glory, glory, hallelujah. And so we are so grateful to have um, just the opportunity to sing and share. And hear me, you don't always have to be on key to sing and share. Jesus, God wants to hear what you have to say. He wants to hear um, the, the song outpouring from your heart as well. And so to be found faithful, we're going to be looking at uh, Joseph's life in the book of Genesis uh, 37 through 50. But I promise you guys, we're not going through um, the entirety of these chapters. But I would love uh, for you as a wonderful encouragement this week to take some time as we go through these Bible stories. I encourage you, take some time to read through them yourself. Um, throughout the week and see what God doesn't reveal to you um, from what you learn here, but also what he, what the Holy Spirit can come and bring outside uh, and, and, and just uh, communicate to the word of God to your direct situation as well. So I'd highly encourage that. This is the summer of Bible stories and we're going to be um, just so excited to go through different stories of the Bible, but come on. It's so good when God reveals specifically to us in our situation what he wants to communicate because he is a faithful, faithful father. So love Joseph, um, son of Jacob. Right, we're going to paraphrase a couple of these uh, of these sections here. Son of Jacob, he was sold into slavery by his uh, wonderful brothers. <laughs> um, they were a little bit jealous of him, but to be fair, uh, Joseph him, himself uh, was a little bit, we could say, a little bit immature in the way that he had shared. This is a dream that I had, and in my dream, um, you were guys, you guys were wheat and stalks, and you just bowed down to me and you worshipped me, and uh, man Almighty. Um, having a few of those dreams, um, I get the humanity in the brothers, not saying I would do it myself, but uh, I get um, where, you know, some of the spitefulness and the anger can come from. And so they had actually sold this man into slavery. Um, he ended up in Egypt um, as a servant to Potiphar. He was a prisoner in Egypt for many years in his life. And 
as we continue on in the story, he was an interpreter of dreams and a wise leader. So um, if you're familiar with the story of Joseph, um, wonderful how God used his life, and the skills, the abilities, and talents, as we learned, as we referenced the uh, Matthew 25, the different specific things that he brought out of him, not all at once, but throughout faithfulness that Joseph showed in his life, it was continued to be revealed the different gifts that were brought out of him. What he was uh, uh, sold into slavery for by his brothers, God then turned around and used to feed them many a year later, uh, where his brothers, there was a deep famine in the land, and they returned to Egypt, not knowing that, that that's where he had ended up at, where Joseph ended up at, and a wonderful opportunity for him to turn around and serve his family. And we're going to look later into the story, but they didn't even recognize him. But man, uh, Joseph had wonderful opportunities to be found faithful, but in the humanity, looking at it through the scope of a, just a human flesh lens, he had many opportunities to choose the opposite to be unfaithful and spiteful as well. So let's take a look at it. What does it mean to be found faithful? What does it mean to be found faithful? To be found faithful is to use, firstly, what you have been given. Use what you've been given. I love um, the parable and the talents. Breaks down into three different sections here. Um, You could take a look at it. It's a treasure that did not belong to them in verse 14 treasure that did not belong to them, abilities to steward what had been given to them, verse 15, and time to steward well what had been given to them as well. I love this contrast and breaking it down um, to apply to our lives today because I very much so believe that just as they were given um, these gifts and they use talents or treasure, but there's a way that we can interpret interpret them and to walk into uh, our lives as well too. Um, And I want to ask you today, what have we been given? What have we been given? Also the same, treasure that does not belong to us, abilities to steward the treasure and time to steward the treasure well. Now treasure, I believe in different contexts, is going to be different for each of us according to the gifts and the things that we've been portioned out to in our lives that many of us, maybe if we're not uh, financially wealthy, maybe relationally we can be wealthy as well. And as we're called to steward things that do not belong to us, just as um, I have a wonderful uh, uh, opportunity to be a father and I can't wait to celebrate next week, but I also have a general understanding that my daughter is a child of God before she is my daughter as well too. And so these, these, the time that we spend on this earth with the treasure that we've been given is so valuable and it's important for us to remain faithful and to look through the kingdom lens of what God would have us to do because we are stewarding that which does not belong to us. We are caring for on this temporal earth that which has been given to us according to our gifts and abilities and our good and faithful Faithful Father, faithful Father. Let's look at the, at the next verse in, in uh, Matthew 25, 34 through 40. Uh, I love this because this is Jesus um, kind of uh, going off of the next uh, section. And if you're uh, reading along in the Bible, you'll see here it's a break, parable of the talents. And then um, you have this parable that he begins to tell as well. I'm going to share a part of it as well. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the, for, uh, from the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. The next verse says, 
Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? Then the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. You were doing it to me. And I wanna encourage you, faithfulness looks like fruitfulness because faithfulness isn't about getting, it's about giving. It's about giving, it's about stewarding well what we have and taking, it, taking a look through heaven's perspective at understanding that not all of it's meant for us, the blessings that we've been given and, and, and called to steward aren't just meant for us, they are meant to bless and encourage others as well too. And I love Joseph was fruitful because he was faithful. 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 You know, I love, I was studying this week and I was just reminded, um, my wife and I were a couple uh, years ago, we were actually at a movie theater, I think watching Unbroken. Uh, it was a, actually a Christian movie that made it to the theaters. It was wonderful. Um, but, you know, as we were sitting there, there's like four people in the theater. And I just remember we we're sitting a few rows up and there was just a man sitting alone um, a couple of rows down from us. And I was watching the movie, but I just felt so impressed um, on my heart that, man, I just need to pray for this guy. I need to get his name. I need, need to, I just watching the movie alone and things like that. I wonder, and I just felt the Holy Spirit kind of guiding me to him. And his name was Abel. So after we got out of the movie, the humanity in me was like, I'm going to run to the restroom. And Shirley walks in this man, a couple steps behind me. And he walks in and I, and I was just like, oh Lord, this opportunity. And I remember being very just new in my faith. And I'm like, oh Lord, I don't know, it's going to be weird. I'm in the bathroom. I'm going to ask to like, you know, pray for this guy. And you know, what do you want me to do, Lord? Just, ah, I just don't know. And you know, he's walking with a cane and, and uh, he just, I just saw him. My heart was just so empathetic towards him. And um, you know, I decided not, not to bother him in the restroom at that moment. Um, but you know, I remember walking out and I just shared with the lead as the first time I had spoken. I was like, you know, I just feel, I just feel like God impressed that man on my heart and I feel like I had an opportunity. He kind of said hi to me in the bathroom and passing and stuff. And I just had an opportunity just, just to pray for him and ask for his name. And I just, I don't know, I just didn't. And we're walking out of the movie theater at town square. And, you know, I said to God, I just, I felt it. He said, uh, uh, uh just kind of impressed in my heart. Just go, go back around the opposite way. And if he's there, you meet him and pray for him. And again, this is just what's impressed in my heart. And it's not the audible voice of God um, talking to me, but I'm like, Lord, is this you? Like, I'm gonna walk around that long way and you know, it's high and you know, you can figure out all the different reasons of why, you know, it didn't make sense. You know, is it weird? You know, I just saw him in the bathroom and go find him again uh, down the walkway. And, uh, so, and it was <laughs> kind of the back alleyway as well too. I was like, oh my goodness, this just doesn't add up right. This is so crazy. But I, I remember I was like, okay, Lord, I'm gonna do it. So I go and I'm walking, I'm doing my thing, and I'm like, I try to find him. And uh, sure enough, I turn around the corner and uh, there was Abel walking right by the Panda Express. And I was like, oh, hey man, I'm so sorry. I, I, it'd be so weird, but I just feel like God just wanted me to, to come pray for you today. Um, can I ask your name? My name is Abel. Um, it's strange because I'm going through something very difficult right now. And he just began to share uh, with me that his wife uh, over 10 years had, been leave, ha, had decided to leave him um, and his children that were grown um, just weren't in his life anymore. And so he'd moved out to Vegas, you know, to be with his wife and they lived here for a short time. 
and his just relationship began crumbling apart. She had already moved on and moved out, and he just was hopeless and did not know what to do. And I was like, Lord, I'm just gonna pray for him. And I literally just had the opportunity. I just felt like he was showing up to the movie theater to, just like kind of, kind of sometimes we might, we might find ourselves showing up to church, just, just trying to get a glimpse of God. And saying, I don't know, I don't know what's gonna, I don't know if it's gonna work out. I just don't know. I just don't know where else to turn, but I'm hopeless. And so this man decided to go to the movies and, 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 and that opportunity um, to share with him and connect with him. Um, I began praying with him over uh, next to this Panda Express uh, with these big glass windows and these big long lines. And I was like, Lord, you said, it, you, you said to do it. Oh, I'm going to do it. And so I began to, to pray and I got to lead this man to Jesus outside of town square and uh, just had the wonderful opportunity. But here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You know, that is not just, a, that's not for a, a, a spiritual pat on the back. It's faithfulness. It's faithfulness. But hear me, church family. We can, we can, we can fail and stumble sometimes, but God is so good and he is faithful. That he gives us the opportunity to go at it again. And though it may not be at a movie theater or, or in my specific terms, God will give you the opportunity, I believe, to, to not just minister in faithfulness to, through generosity, and, you know, giving, as the scripture said, but God has placed people in our lives and they may just be there for a moment. But if we are in tune with the Holy Spirit and what he has to say, then we can step out in faith. And my faith was grown that day. And I never I never got to hear or see Abel again. Um, but faithfulness, just like fruitfulness, sometimes you you plant the seed and, and you never get to see what what comes of it. But faithfulness isn't isn't for something to be put on grand display and take a look at what I did and things like that. No, it's 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 faithfulness and a response and it's a heart response that we have. It's a heart response that we have. And that leads me to to be faithful is to be have the right motivations. It's to have the right motivations. Um, I believe Joseph, like I said, he could have had the wrong uh, motivations. He could have responded in his flesh and his humanity. He had every opportunity. I mean, this man, um, as we'll go to talk about, you know, he was accused of rape, like he was accused uh, of immorality with Potiphar's wife. You know, he was uh, uh, left in the prison um, for, for years after um, a wonderful uh, man that he got to uh, interpret his dream, forgot about him. And so J- Joseph had every right Every, every, every right to be angry with his brothers, his family, this poor dad that didn't know if he was dead or, or assumed him dead. Um, he had every opportunity to be bitter, but instead, throughout the story of Joseph's life, we get to see how he stepped into that role in the position of a good and, and, and faithful servant, and we're going to get to see the fruit of that. Um, let's go to the next slide. Um, as we talk about, then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man. Investing in crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. Here's your money back. I want to tell you the servant was motivated by fear. He was motivated by fear. He was, he was afraid, but he also thought he knew better. He also thought he knew better. How many times do we find ourselves thinking that we know better than the God of the universe who created us? and has a good and perfect plan for us. And all he asks us to do is respond in, in, in faithfulness because he is faithfulness and he, he, he modeled it himself. 
The servant also had thought that he maybe had more, more time. Where the other, other servants were quick and said they invested it immediately and gained a return you know, on their investment. Again, they were stewarding something that did not belong to them. They were using the time that had been given to them. They were being faithful, using their wits and abilities that God had placed inside of them to see a good, on, good return. But this man thought better that it would be better to hide it and to give the master back exactly what he had given him. I think there are many motives that can prevent us from fulfilling what God has, has called us to. And in this one uh, example, the master calls the, the servant even, even lazy. And what a wonderful message last week from Pastor Jeremy when he had communicated about Mary and Martha and, and, and just a thought and topic of, of laziness. Well, I love that he was referencing uh, being busy, doing, doing, doing the right things, not just being busy. Busy bodies. What a great message. Go back and listen to that. Selfish plug. YouTube, AvenueChurch.cc. Um, but I believe there are many different motives that can steer us away from what God has called us to. Um, but I want to ask you today, what are the motives of our hearts? What are the wrong and the right motives of our hearts? I believe that, that God, you know, sometimes we, we make it so much about behavior and doing the right thing, saying the right thing, walking the right way. Um, sometimes we can make even, even, even church attendance, small group attendance, you know, even serving, we can make that um, something that's a behavior to us. Uh, but really God sees through it because he's looking at our hearts. We've seen time and time again that Jesus looked at the heart of those that he had healed. And he's able to say many a time, is your faith that has healed you? Because he saw what was inside of them, not necessarily what they were doing and responding to in the flesh. Um, Mark chapter 7, verse 21 to 23 in the NLT says, For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come, sexual morality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. It comes from the heart. It comes from the heart. Um, so I just have a couple questions here as we go, but I would like to have a little motive check uh, for us today um, so that we can, we can recalibrate and catch ourselves in the hum humanness that we have um, to recenter ourselves on faithfulness faithfulness today. So are your, are your motives faithful to our flesh or to our, our Father? You know, are we doing all the right things for all the, all, the wrong, all the wrong reasons? Is it out of selfish ambition? It is, is it out of selfish gain? Is it out of uh, take a look and see what I did? Because God sees right through that to our hearts and understands our motivations. And I believe that we can rob ourselves of what God wants to do in us and through us when we make it more about us more than what he has called us to do in that moment. And again, sometimes it can be a, a just a fleeting passing moment, but in Jesus' name, I believe we are called to live faithful, faithful lives. Uh, Philippians 2, verse 2, um, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one spirit, and of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. The right motivations that, 
we can recenter ourselves and it begins with, with unity. It begins with a spirit of humility. And it looks a lot like selflessness, selflessness. You know, I was reading, uh, you know, through Acts this week and I love that the early church, their, their response, you know, as they're, as they're gathered, in the early book of Acts, their, their response um, to salvation and being baptized by the Holy Spirit is one of sharing and gathering their resources to share with one another that, that maybe did or didn't have as much as others did. So those that came and they were lacking clothes or they needed food and there were resources. And you know, scripture tells us um, that it was at the time of Pentecost that this took place. So literally, just as we were talking about refugees today, people from all over Europe at that time gathered in Jerusalem speaking many different tongues and languages. And there then, they didn't, they didn't bring everything that they had, all their possessions, their whole home with them. They came to celebrate, um, just as tradition called them to, a Pentecost for the week. And they experienced Jesus there. And it was the church that stood in the gap and supplied their every need when they didn't have food to feed themselves. And that is faithfulness. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is more about the motives of the heart then it is a behavior. But hear me, as your heart changes, so too will your motives and behaviors. Motives and behaviors. I think so often we get it switched the opposite way, where we make it more about behaviors. Um, but we can see long-term that maybe our heart and our motives never change because we're motivated by pleasing others by doing the right behaviors that God never has a chance to work inside of us to get to our heart where the root of things are so that he could change us and we can walk in freedom like we're called to as we respond in faithfulness, faithfulness. To be found faithful is to stand firm. This is my third, second point, sorry, third point. <laughs> to be found faithful is to stand firm through the trials of life. If you're like me, you're a note taker, you've got the little Harvard system or the dots, and you're plugging things in, if you're watching online, Copy and paste and everything as well too, I love it. Uh, but third point, to be found faithful is to stand firm through the trials of life. Let's go back to Joseph. Joseph was a met. He was faithful. Though he was sold into slavery, though he was accused by Potiphar's wife, though, though he was a prisoner in Egypt, God used that. His time in the prison, he was, he was given the opportunity to interpret the dreams of Pharaoh where he predicted a seven-year famine that would come across the land that would eventually cause the neighboring cities who were low on resources to come to Egypt and try to buy the produce, the wheat, the supplies that they had that they've been holding up. Joseph was, was put in charge by Pharaoh to oversee the gathering of these different resources so that Egypt would be sustained through the predicted famine. And when it happened, when it happened, they were prepared. Joseph was faithful. Joseph was faithful. And though there's a difficulty, a famine across the land, God still used him. I love scripture, even references how um, God was with him and even uh, Potiphar and Pharaoh, they had witnessed that everything that had been given to him, he was, he, uh, they recognized that God was with him and he was successful in everything that he did by the favor of God that was on his life, but also they recognize the sovereignness of God through Joseph's life, through his faithfulness. He 
went on to um, supply for all of Egypt. And even as the, as the famine went on, um, some of the um, outer lying um, you know, colonies in Egypt, they, they had to they turn back and, and even sell off their land, their, 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 their uh, livestock to Egypt so that they could pay for the supplies to feed themselves, to feed their families. And even then too, they became slaves uh, to Egypt and paying back their debt. All of this was predicted by Joseph. Joseph. I think going back to Matthew 25, uh, the servants expected the master to return, but what about the unexpected trials that happened to us? See, Joseph knew that he had a gift in interpreting dreams. He knew he was given a gift, just as our, our wonderful worship team was up here singing, ministering to us. Joseph was given a gift in that he had used, and he, and he, and he knew it. He knew what had been placed on his life, and he had seen the faithfulness of God in response to his interpretation of dreams time and time again. So whereas the, the famine was, was expected, in a sense, he responded in faithfulness by preparing for it. And church family, I, w- I just want to encourage you today um, I feel like sometimes, you know, in, in, in our own lives, I wouldn't even necessarily cause it, call it laziness, but I even call it, you know, busyness, as we've been talking about in this distracted series uh, that we just closed out. But I think we can get so distracted by the busyness around us that we can, we can point blame, we can neglect the good work, the faithful work, the time, the talent, the treasures, the people that God has placed in our path, and we can make that be second priority, second hand to what God has, has planned for us, and there just might be an Abel, an Egypt out there that God is calling you to respond in faithfulness to, and you don't know what he will do through you when we respond in faithfulness, but church, would love for you to find out. Would love for you to find out. Um, our church family here, um, our, our mission vision is to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And as today, we've already kind of had a great highlight on all the outreach and missions that, that we love to do as a church family. There's so much more that we want to do, and we are so excited that we believe that even these seats and the little, little seats next door and down the halls are going to be the future world changers, that if we were to, to be faithful, faithful, in, in, in planting them into a life-giving church community that we will see them in turn. We never, may never see the seed grow to fruition, but what if the next world changers, and they are world changers, are right down the hall? And God has just called us to steward it well and to respond in faithfulness. Respond in faithfulness. I believe uh, to stand firm means to be anchored in faithfulness, regardless if we face, if what we face is expected or unexpected. I think God has called us to take care of what he's set in front of us, that he knows that we, we need to take care of the things that uh, we do see coming, the things like, um, <laughs> goodness, the things that we do see coming, like bills to pay, like I know I gotta make dinner, I know I gotta change the oil on my car, but how many know, you know, when everything gets piled on, it is so hard to be focused and tuned in on what God wants to do in our lives. We've, we've neglected all of the, the things we were to expect. 
And I believe that Joseph's life and faithfulness and him being able to miraculously be able to provide and, and God to use his amazing gifts to supply to Egypt in this famine. As we go on in the story, you know that his, his, his actually his brothers who didn't recognize him returned to Egypt and they were some of the outlying colonies that needed food. And Joseph, who recognized them, wept because his heart was broken. They did not recognize him though. But God used what many of us would call pain, heartache, frustration, to be locked in prison, to be separated from your family. When he responded in faithfulness, God used his faithfulness for provision and for purpose. I'm, I, I'm so encouraged by, by Joseph's story, but even just the parable of the Talents Church because each of us has been portioned, as the scripture said, according to our unique abilities that God has placed inside of us himself, that he's called and appointed us to a specific purpose, plan, to a people, and he's just waiting for us to step into the purpose that he has for us. But he wants our, our hearts to be in the right place, our motives to be, in the right, uh, to be in the right place. He wants us to respond in faithfulness with the things that we know that we can take care of so that he can work supernaturally in the things that we can't prepare for. He doesn't expect us to respond perfectly to the things that we we can't prepare for the unexpected things. Tragedies, the trauma, but he does call us to, be, to respond in faithfulness to what he has put before us. And it's miraculous that, you know, as, as we begin to lean into that, that faithfulness that God supernaturally provides in all those other areas as well, to be it finances, be it relationships, be it broken hearts mended, as we sang earlier, chains broken, because he can do it. He can do it. He can do it. The trials we don't see coming, we are called to manage well the trials we do see coming, so we are better prepared to manage the ones that we won't see coming. I'm gonna skip over to Ephesians chapter four. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the, to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. You know, I... We do this uh, cool thing. Um, we have a a little uh, subscription box for our daughter that, that comes monthly and it provides these, these different toys and things like that that are relevant to, to the development of her age. Come on, making sure that her, that she's developing strongly. And I, I, there was one toy that we had received um, in the mail a few months back. And I just thought it was so cool. She's getting to the age where, <laughs> parents can attest to this, she's grabbing things and flinging things. She's at that, that, that throwing stage or she'll just grab it and fling it and throw it. And there's a toy that she, that she loves, um, and I brought it here today. But I thought, great, what a great image for us 
to be reminded to be anchored in faithfulness, anchored in the Word of God, anchored to be stable in character, that no matter what happens in life, that if we just return to faithfulness, no matter what waves or storms or pain that come our way, God is faithful and He calls us to respond in faithfulness. And even when we are unfaithful, He is faithful. 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 We can skip a few slides here for me. Um, God is faithful even when you're unfaithful. That's why he sent Jesus. Scripture says the character of God is faithful and he cannot deny who he is. He cannot deny who he is. He's a faithful father. He's a faithful father and he loves us. And he will not waste the opportunity to grow us and develop us into the people that he has called us uniquely and purposefully to be just so that someday there might be an, an, an able out there for you. That God has called us to listen to that voice that speaks ever so softly so that we can step into the purpose, not for ourselves, not for the pat on the back, but so that we can be found faithful at the end of our days. So we too can hear, well done, good and faithful servant by Jesus. Jesus himself was, was found faithful. He didn't give his life because he had to, though he had the opportunity not to, nor did he wait for us to accept him to decide if we would be worth it because in his heart, he already knew that we were. He was found faithful as he used the short time here he was given with the right heart motivation to stand firm in what he was called to even as he breathed his last breath on the cross. And he did that for you and he did that for me so that no matter what storm or pain that we walk through, that we know our eternity is, is sealed, it's written. We just have to accept that and walk into it. And we were called to live a life of faithfulness. And hear me, church, that no matter what ends up happening to us, the good, the bad, <laughs> the crazy that happens to us, that we were to respond in faithfulness, God will provide for us. He will care for us. Out of the rock will flow streams of living water, but we never know until we choose to respond in faithfulness. So what have we been given today with our time, our talents, our treasures, our people that are in our lives? And how can we, we minister to them this week, church family? I know that, that goodness, groceries are, are way overpriced and, and the gas is crazy right now, but I wonder what a great opportunity to share the love of Jesus it would be to just bless 
somebody with their groceries or gas or something. Just wonder what, what that would be to enter in and just say, Jesus loves you. And God has placed this on my heart to serve you in this way. And I'm just responding to him. What a great opportunity for us to minister to those that God has placed in our lives. And we never know we are on, sometimes we're on the receiving end of that. And God has just made a way where there's no way that he's placed us on someone else's heart to respond again in faithfulness. And just so encouraged today, church, that we can, we can be the church very really in such a broken broken world so I want to pray for you guys today as we we close out the message but I want to pray for a few different groups of people first and, and, and foremost I want to pray for those of you that have found it very very difficult to respond in faithfulness and in a season that's just been full of division corroded relationships, broken hearts, mistrust, and it's a painful season. And I feel that on my heart today. So if that is that's you, I'm speaking to you today. Just want you to bow your heads with me. We're gonna say a quick prayer for you. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this wonderful day that you've given us. I thank you that no matter what happens is we're tossed to and fro and the, and the waves keep coming. It feels like in the storms and the winds keep coming and beating us. I don't know what's, what we've walked in here with today, but I know what life can be life and it can, can be hard and it can be difficult. But if we just fix our eyes on you, Lord, I pray for those today that have found it hard to fix their eyes on Jesus in such a noisy, busy world. I thank you that as we respond in faithfulness, you were nothing but faithfulness yourself, Father God. Thank you that just as days go by and the minutes go by on the clock, we have opportunity to return back to you, to recenter ourselves and our hearts, the right motivations to see our lives through heaven's lens, through your eyes, Lord, and ask, what would you have me do? And we respond with a yes before we even know the answer. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I wanna pray for a, a second group of people today and um, maybe you were like us just a few years ago, wandering into these, these halls and just curious just like Abel was, just, just grasping, just seeing what this God is all about. Maybe you have, you have accepted Jesus before and times have been difficult and your life's been hard and it's been hard to stand firm. Maybe it's time for you to rededicate your life to Jesus today. And what a wonderful opportunity for us. I just wanna encourage you guys to just bow your heads and close your eyes. But I, I want you to know today, if, if that is you, with every head bowed, I just want to know who I'm praying for today. I would love the opportunity to lead you in prayer of salvation today. So if that is you, just do me a big favor. Just raise your hand in the air. You can bring it up and put it right back down. Bring it up and put it right back down. Thank you. Thank you. So good. So good. For those of you that are watching online as well too, just join us in praying this prayer. We don't pray this prayer alone. We are a church family. And we speak on behalf of all those who are accepting 
Jesus into their hearts for maybe the very first time or rededicating their lives. We, we give this moment in respect and honor to them. Would join me and repeat after me as we say, Lord Jesus, thank you for all that you did on that cross. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you that you have a good plan for my life. Thank you for being faithful even when I am unfaithful. I receive your forgiveness today. Be Lord of my life the best way I know how. Today, I am choosing to begin to live for you. I now know who I am. I'm saved. I am redeemed. I am a child of God. Come on, church family. Let's lift up a shout of praise today.